It is Thursday, February 23rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the man you've all been waiting for, and J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. Oh, yeah. No, the wait is over because the hiatus is over. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. Yes, I am J.P. Shadrick. That's Joe Fortunato. Brent Reber on the video side today. No Jeff Lagerman. He's out, and we'll be out next week at the Combine, so you won't see him for a couple weeks or hear from him in a couple weeks. we got a jam-packed show here on 1010XL. AM, Jaguars.com, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, it's off-season business time. The franchise tag window is open. The start of the league year begins mid-March. We'll get into some of the Jaguar possibilities throughout this show. We'll hear from Pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor in about five minutes' time. See what he's been up to this offseason. He's been busy on the pivot as always. Senior writer John Ozier, about 4.15 or so. We'll hear from Johnny O., and uh, discuss some of that off-season business and preview our trip to Indianapolis next week for the NFL Scouting Combine. And then NFL Network, ESPN, Sirius XM, Westwood One analyst Ryan Leaf joining us at 4.30 today, former number two overall pick in the 1998 draft. We've got the 98 draft on lockdown today with Fred Taylor, the ninth overall pick, Ryan Leaf at number two in that draft. We'll uh, catch up with Ryan, see what he's been up to, and get his thoughts on the Jaguars' run in 2022 and some of the off-season moves that are possible in the NFL. And, of course, we'll go around the NFL at the uh, end of the program today. So, uh, off-season is underway. We had a few weeks down after the end of the playoff run here in our offices, but they have been busy over on the other side, of course. That uh, it was a quick turnaround after the loss in the division round in Kansas City. Two days later, the players are gone, and it's just a quick move forward to the offseason business. And as we said, the league year begins in mid-March, so you got to get down to the salary cap before then. There's a number of pending free agents for the Jaguars that you've got to figure out, hey, do we want to get these guys back? Can we sign some of these players early? Uh, do you let them go to marketplace and come back? And there's a lot of questions around that, of course. And uh, one of the biggest names in that regard, of course, is Evan Ingram, who has been a big topic this offseason already because of his production. He had a career year in a one-year prove-it deal with the Jaguars last season. He was on Sirius XM Radio this week on Sirius XM NFL Radio, Channel 88, and they asked him about the possibility of the franchise tag being applied and his thoughts. It's a hypothetical, so um, it could happen, it could not. But, um, you know, if that happens, uh, I think that that'll be a placeholder, you know, for, to get something done. Um, I think that's just uh, kind of just the way I feel about it. And if it does come to that, you know, there'll be conversations had with my team and, 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 we'll, and we'll move forward from there. But um, if that does happen, I'm going to be blessed either way. And we'll figure something out long term that can, you know, both sides will be happy with. Well, he also said in that interview that uh, yeah, both sides are, are interested still. As he, you know, he also said there hasn't been a lot of talk yet, but they the talk's coming because the league year begins in just a couple weeks' time. And and what a year it was, as we said, career highs in catches, seventy three of those, in yardage, seven hundred and sixty six receiving yards, four touchdowns, and he was fantastic. His first touchdown came week eight in London. And then he finished things strong and a big piece of this uh, passing offense uh, last year. And, 
you know, they're going to have an addition, hopefully, in Calvin Ridley as well to go with it. So, um, you know, you throw that in the mix and then Ingram and uh, everything else that's going on here in this offense. And this is um, this is gearing up to be a fantastic, uh, fantastic offensive group. Trevor Lawrence going into year three, year two in this offense. Everything could be adding up. They'll have some different coaches around them, though. Wide receiver coach Chad Hall has joined the team. And passing game coordinator Nick Holes added officially today. That announcement came out replacing Jim Bob Cooter. And Cooter is now in Indianapolis as the offensive coordinator there. Holes spent last year at UNLV as the offensive coordinator. A number of years before that, about a decade with the Raiders in a number of different roles. A little bit down the ladder in Las Vegas. But Holes now the passing game coordinator for the Jaguars. He'll have some pieces to work with. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Logman out this week. Former first-round pick quarterback Ryan Leaf coming up at 4.30 today. He was a part of that 1998 draft, as was pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor, who joins us right now. Fred, it's good to talk to you. A happy 2023, and thanks for the time today, man. What's up? My pleasure, J.P., man. I appreciate you. Happy 2023. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks, I guess. We just had some time away. This is the first show back on Happy Hour since the end of the the postseason run. And, uh, you know, it happens quick, right? You lose in the postseason, then two days later, the players are gone and you're looking ahead to the business of the offseason. And there is some business to attend to for the Jags, spread. They've got to figure out the salary cap. They've got to figure out with, what, like 14 pending free agents, something like that. How many of those guys come back? This team won, so – the players say the right things at the end of the season. We want everybody back. Well, it's just not possible that way, Fred. So how do you prioritize some of those guys? JP, uh, you hit it on the head, man. Um, you know, it's a lot. It's a tall order, uh, but it, it's a quick turnaround, it seems. Uh, I know the fans can get a bit, you know, impatient, you know, after basketball is done and baseball is a little slow and fans want football. But it's just the process of it all. And, uh, you know, I'm with you. You won't be able to get everybody back. It always sounds good uh, at the end of the season, but it's not possible. But I think you start with, you know, the salary cap, crunching those numbers, you know, see where you are and see what type of flexibility you have. And then you prioritize from there. You know, I've been reading some stuff. And I also thought at the end of the season that Evan Ingram would be someone that they would – you know, target high on that priority list. And then they have to figure out what they want to do from a, you know, defensive standpoint. You know, I think uh, building around Trevor, they've done a good job there at the receiving core. And then you also add, you know, Calvin Ridley, when he, once he's reinstated, which I thought was an amazing uh, uh, get and grab, you know, when nobody was thinking it. So, um, you know, they're, they're tight at the running back position as well. So they, they got to tighten up some other areas. But, um, you know, it, it's still early. Uh, the combine is among us. Uh, so they'll, they'll figure it out here shortly. Fred Taylor with us. You mentioned Ridley. And, yeah, he applied for reinstatement. Uh, I think the 15th was the first <clears throat> day he could do it, and he applied. So there's no real timetable on the decision from Park Avenue, New York, if, you know, if he's reinstated or when that could be. But when he's back, what can you expect from him, Fred? I mean, he played five games two seasons ago. He was suspended all of last year. 
so he hasn't played football in a while. Now, Bucky Brooks told us on a podcast yesterday he's hearing that he's in fantastic shape and all that. That's that's great, Fred, but that's a little different than football shape, isn't it? And and what can you expect when he finally gets back out there? You know, he's one of those guys who, you know, he's simply just a natural talent. You know, he he's only in year five. Uh, he's a guy who's, you know, I love his run after the catch ability. He has extremely soft hands. He's a standout back at Alabama. He understands the game. He understands the position. And he's a Florida boy. So so I, uh, I'm i always rooting for him. And I think he will be reinstated. You know, I, I mean, guys have done worse. I don't condone, you know, things that are against the, the, the rules. I think you follow the rules. But at the same time, you know, um, a bit of a touch foul with, with what he did, considering the direction of the NFL, that the NFL is going with gambling, et cetera. Uh, but again, uh, I think he will be reinstated. I think he'll be a weapon for the Jaguars. Uh, he might just come and, you know, find his way into the, you know, the number two or the number one slot. He's just that good. And I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll knock the rust off and get back into a uh, tip-top form as he was when he, uh, you know, when he was at his uh, best. Fred, how uh, this is an offseason without much change. This is a stable organization for the first time in a long time in terms of the coaching staff. Only a couple of changes, wide receiver, coach, passing game coordinator. Everybody else is back there. Uh, most of the core of the football team should be back around as, you know, a couple of the free agents here or there. But the, the core nucleus of guys, quarterback, receivers, a couple of the offensive linemen, right? So – that's that's a huge step. If you can get to that point where you're stable from one year to the next, it just hasn't happened in a few years around here, and you you can't really underestimate the importance of that once you begin the offseason program. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm with you a million percent this time. I usually say a thousand percent, but a million percent this time, JP, in that I used to say it all the time. You know, consistency. That's what it takes. You know, at least that's the foundation of, of, of growing and going further and, and, and being finding that success, finding your way deep in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. You got to have consistency. You got to have players in the system that, that are returning each and every year, you know, maybe a nucleus, nucleus of eight of the 11 guys. You want to make sure that they're returning uh, each and every year so that they can play fast. And it doesn't take much for a coordinator to get the younger or the newer guys, you know, ingrained and situated in the system. Uh, I always looked at a team such as the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were the one team that, you know, for eight, nine, ten-year period, you see the same guys on that defense. You look on the offense, for the most part, it's the same guys. It's a plug-and-play type of system. Uh, and you have to have that consistency. So back in the day, JP, I can remember vividly, you know, um, under the uh, Del Rio regime, it was a new coach, like two or three new coaches or someone fired each and every offseason. Like you're playing chess. These guys are puns and you're, you know, crazy, you know, distractionary mindset. I don't know. You, you sort of deflect from what you're doing by getting rid of everybody else when you simply should just start with yourself. And I think, we have so much integrity from top down now, you know, uh, starting with uh, uh, Doug Peterson and it trickles throughout his staff, I believe. So um, 
I look forward to watching this team grow over the next couple of years. Last thought with you here, Fred. Uh, what's going on with the pivot these days? Still successful. It's it's everywhere on social media. It it really blasted off this past season. You're obviously a huge piece of that. So what what do you have on the docket coming up with the pivot? Now the pivot is uh, making making its rounds. Man, we're still growing. I uh, still enjoying the grind. You know, it's always we're always on the go. We had to uh, pivot, pun intended, ah. and change our plans this week. We were scheduled to go out to Denver and knock out like three uh, three shows out there. We had hoped to grab four or five, uh, but the weather was kind of tricky. So we decided to come here to South Florida and uh, shoot today. So we'll have a shoot here at 530. Uh, trying to grab two. When we go, we try to get at least two or better. But sometimes you have that one big fish and you just got to take it. Uh, but it's 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 been fun. I've learned a lot. You know, I enjoy the guests. I enjoy, I'm a fanboy a lot of the time of a lot of the guests. And I love picking their brains or ask questions about stories that we've heard. So the Pivot is doing Pivot things, man. And uh, I never thought I would be on a podcast talking a lot. Yeah, uh, all, but all I the time. Am, and it's fun. So, uh, yeah, check it out. The Pivot. The Pivot, he's all over ESPN now uh, with that and uh, everywhere. Social oh, media, on, check it out. On, You're a TV star, Fred. You're, you look I, Every like Wednesday, I look up at the lunchroom <laughs> and there's Fred Taylor talking to Stephen A. I'm like, okay, he's not on ESPN. Uh, that's, You're sitting that's, right there. That's, that's, that's RC's. That's Ryan's connection. So, you know, they, they see what we're doing and they see we like to have a good time and we try to, you know, be open when we give our takes. So uh, first take has been – really fun and cool you know to be able to host that show and what the people think of us over there it's a pretty much an open invitation so we enjoy that uh but yeah man and you know what let me do this jp before we shut it down yeah man um the the uh duval till we die people sent me a box of three hats this isn't even my favorite one but it's nice because it has the army fatigue and i got on my favorite jaguar hoodie of all time this is like i don't know I don't know, eight, 10 years old. Um, but yeah, shout out to these people, man. I think this was sweet. Whoever took that and ran with it, uh, congrats. And I appreciate the hat. So big shout out to y'all. Big shout out to you, Fred. Thanks for the time. Always good to visit. And we'll talk again soon, hopefully. Yes, we will, JP. I'll see you. Fred Taylor, pride of the Jaguars running back. Yeah, he's loaded up. He's got the camouflage bill on the hat. He's got the military appreciation sweatshirt. You know who else is loaded up is John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer who joins us in just a moment. The 2023 season is on the horizon, and you won't want to miss it. So lock in your seats at the bank this fall. Place your deposit at Jaguars.com slash tickets. Seat selection is coming soon, and the perfect spot is waiting for you. Don't watch the Jags become kings of the jungle from your couch. Join the Jaguars now. 4.30, it's Ryan Leaf. John Ozer is next. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I don't look at it like that. I think, you know... We're, we're paid to do a job, and that job's to put the best product we can out on the field. And I've never listened to the noise. The noise doesn't determine uh, the decisions that we're going to make as an organization. And I think uh, the, the best thing you can do when there's a lot of noise is put earplugs ear in, you know, and just go about your job. And that's what we tried to do. And 
again, it's, there's never one person that makes these decisions. It's, it's a group decision, organizational decision. Uh, Doug and I are very much involved together in this process, and we involve everybody underneath us uh, to, a, to a, the nth degree. I mean, there's just a, a lot of collaboration that people don't, don't see behind the scenes. Trent Baalke, Jaguars general manager. A couple of days after the uh, end of the playoff run, he uh, spoke, I believe, two days, well, three days after the game. Players and Doug Peterson spoke two days after the game. He was the day after that. So it would have been, what, Tuesday after the divisional round. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman this week. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. We'll be in Indy next week, so we'll have a show from uh, the Indiana, Indiana Convention Center right next to Lucas Oil Stadium next week at the NFL Scouting Combine. If you're ready to renew your season tickets, the time is now. Renew before March 8th, and you'll have a chance to win a scratch pack prize. And those prizes range from signed merchandise to full-on experiences. So lock in your seats today. Jaguars.com senior writer John Osher joining us now here on the desk in studio. Good to see you, Johnny O. What's up? I've had a few full-on experiences in my day, I would say so. (laughs) You are uh, well-experienced. Certainly. And now we're uh, back this week, right? I we're, mean, we're back. We did podcast. Drive time Tuesday, podcast. We're all over yeah, the place. Yeah, we're everywhere. Uh, everywhere you want to be, I think that's taken. But, um, yeah, we're that's what we are this week. Huddle up yesterday with Bucky Brooks, and we'll be at the Combine next week. And How many how many Combines, if you had to add them up, have you covered in your past? My first one was 01, and I, I, I've been at every one of them except the ones they didn't have since then, meaning – uh, COVID, COVID year, yeah. 2021, they didn't have one. Yeah. 20, they had one right before COVID started. And last year, we were back. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. so 21 would yeah, have been what one it, they missed. Yeah. So I guess 21, that's my 21st, I guess, or in that range. Because uh, yeah. I did my first one when I was covering the Jags for the Times Union 01, was in Indy forever, yeah. uh, and only had to drive there. So, yeah, it, it's uh, – I don't have the same – I do – I did cover it before there was podium access. Yeah. Before coaches went on the podium, and it was, it was dramatically different. You'll chase uh, friends of mine and uh, Pete Prisco, some other writers who covered it about ten years before that. It, it will tell you it is the most remarkably changed event over the last thirty years in the NFL. Yep. Because there was a time where I think Pete has stories of being there with five or six other writers. Mm-hmm. That's Maybe it. it's and uh, it's the the explosion of coverage on that event and and the NFL's ability to make what essentially is is a is a very boring event to cover uh because watching guys run 40s is not that exciting but they have made it a event on the calendar that you would have never dreamed it was 20 years ago. And the funny thing is... It's we'll, a must-go now. Yeah, and we'll get into a lot of this, of course, next week in, in Indianapolis throughout our coverage on Jaguars.com, but I mean, it's really two different events now. Yeah. Like, we're going to go not cover the testing like, or the, the 40s or right. any of that because that starts Thursday with different position groups and goes for a few days after that. We're out of town on Friday. We're, we're chasing GM and coach mm-hmm. and getting thoughts on the, the run last year and the offseason ahead, and that's... It's really that's the big mile marker for us in the off season. Yeah, it it is turned into a convention, uh, information a reset time, and by that I mean this is the time where everybody goes up. I think it's a good thing. Everybody goes up 
uh, wanting to talk to their GM and their coach. It's a chance for the GM and the coach to answer some big questions or, in most cases, uh, (laughs) talk around a lot of big questions. Kick the can down the road. Yeah, Yeah. well, or address. And, and again, our our big questions next week will be, hey, uh, Jawan Taylor, Evan Ingram, resetting, looking ahead to the draft. Well, nobody really expects Trent Baalke to come out and say, hey, we're going to do this, and it's fine. But you'll get an idea. You'll have a little better feel for the direction of the team and sort of what they want to do. You'll have things to talk about and and uh, and uh, discussion points. And uh, again, the NFL has done a masterful job of uh, that's the nice sort of lead up to free agency. And then free agency hits about uh, two weeks after that, and away you go. John Ozier with us. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's our first show back after a, a brief hiatus after the playoff run. JP Shadrick with you. Well, you mentioned a couple of those names. I think, uh, you know, the free agent list is, uh, what, about 14, 15 guys that are pending unrestricted free mm-hmm. agents for the Jaguars. Who would be the number one priority of that list, in your opinion? Because well, you mentioned a couple names there, and yeah, I think you could go either way. Yeah, I've gone back and forth. Um, I, when I was asked right after the season, I said uh, Jawan Taylor, because I think he's really important to their offensive line. And I think the off, you know, and I, the two ones everybody's, everybody's talking about more than any are uh, Jawan Taylor and Evan Ingram. But Arden Key's important. Um, you know, those are the three that to me stand out. Uh, Smoot would be higher on my list had it not been for the Achilles. Yeah, that's tough. But he's an important—he's uh, an important entity. Out of Taylor and Ingram, I honestly have gone back and forth. Uh, Taylor's really important because offensive line play—you want to protect that quarterback—and he had a very good season last year. Uh, and he's—he's he's particularly important conceptually. Because remember last year, they talked so much about wanting to re-sign their own guys. And here is a guy, if you re-sign him, then you've re-signed your two tackles. That's a foundation point. They wanted to do that last year, so it's important. Um, I guess the question there, though, is, I mean, how much money can you really yeah. throw at the offensive line? That's, it, can, uh, and the answer might be there's not enough money. You could throw well, as much as you want at the offensive line. Well, and know. that would put them in huge contracts at three of the five positions. For this year, but then after this year, some of the contracts that got signed last year uh, aren't necessarily as um, as they're not to the point where you have to keep those guys. If something, if a situation where you thought Walker Little was was absolutely ready to be that left tackle, then next year Cam Robinson's contract is is not as doesn't I can't even find his, the word. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. chain you to him. That's right. Uh, so it gives you flexibility, and then after next year you can make that decision. So uh, again, I think they would love to get Jawan Taylor back, and I I would guess they're prepared to pay a very high number to do that. And yet, at some point, there's always a number you can't go past. I think that's a, a huge question. And Evan Ingram uh, at that position. I think they desperately, no, not desperately, but they very much want to get a long-term deal done. I think he wants to get a deal done. Sounds like it. And I think the tag, bare minimum, I think they would use the tag late in the process to give them time to figure out other cap situations to make it uh, more workable to sign Evan to a long-term deal. I, 
I would be shocked if Evan's not here. I would not be shocked if Juwan's not here, even though I think both sides very much want that to happen too. Because the number will be much different, right? I mean, the the, the number that Juwan Taylor is going to command is going to be, in theory, much higher. Well, and, and even the tag with Juwan – $18 million. Yeah, and that's a big difference. Even in NFL money where everything's sort of play money, that's a big difference than the 11, I think it would be for – well, I mean, it's not play money to the guy signing the checks. I was going to say, yeah, but, who's, who's spending this money? Well, but you know the point. Yeah. Um, so even that, that, that $7 million is a big difference in terms of trying to get to a cap number this year. Um, and then it, the one people aren't really talking about that much – Arden Key is pretty important in that. I mean, he was as consistently and reliably as impactful as any uh, Jaguars pass rusher last year. Uh, I, Andrew Wingard was important in terms of a, a lot of things in this locker room. Chris Manhurts is is very interesting to me because you can say that he was the X number tight end, but he was important to that running game. And, you know, you want to get guys like that back. You want to keep guys like that in the fold. So a lot of interesting specifics to ask about next week. Calvin Ridley will be asked about, I'm sure, if there's not a resolution before next week. And they may not have an answer next week either for those questions that are sure to come in Indianapolis. But it is one of the big pieces of the offseason. I think his contract's, what, about $11 million? Uh, in, for next year. For next yeah, year. It's the, the last year of his contract because mm-hmm. he didn't, it didn't, it told over to this year. So this will be his fifth year in the NFL. He's a first round pick. So uh, here you go. One year kind of prove it deal for Ridley once he is reinstated. And, you know, we were talking to Fred about it. It's been a topic all offseason what he could bring to this offense. But first off, just got to get him back reinstated. Mm-hmm. Second, get him pitching the ball around with Trevor somewhere. I'm sure they'll go on their own somewhere and do some of that like they did last year, of course, with the rest of the guys. I think they went to the Bahamas or something. That's uh, not outside of the realm of possibility. And then the offseason program is mid-April, the the strength and conditioning, and then they're on the field for OTAs. And that's how you start building that chemistry. And that's the important part is is actually getting on the field together. I I think the nice thing for the franchise and for him in this is uh, a – they acquired him in very low-risk fashion for the potential that it could have at the high end. And you have a situation where you have a very functioning offense around him because I do think you'll bring Evan Ingram back. So now if there are six key pieces in terms of the offensive skill positions around here, meaning quarterback, running back, and uh, tight end and three receivers – You've got the other five all returning, all feeling like there was a lot of chemistry. So while you believe and while the reputation is that Calvin Ridley has the ability to be a one, if he's a three to start off with, well, then you're basically plugging him for the Marvin Jones role. And you saw last year, you can function at a very high level with those other five playing a a huge role Mm -hmm. and Marvin Jones making key catches. If that starts out as Ridley's role and he needs time to grow into bigger role, okay, then you're the 10th best offense in the NFL, which they were last year. I'm saying theoretically. As he grows, how much better can they get? I think it's an ideal situation for Calvin uh, to come into. And I don't know if it felt as ideal when he first got traded yeah. because it was in November. And they weren't playing that well yet. And then yeah. the last uh, two months, I think you felt what this offense can be. 
So I think, I think there's as little pressure on Ridley coming in as there possibly could be for a receiver coming in his, in his situation. Very good situation for Ridley. Johnny, uh, looking forward to going back to Indy with you. It's yeah. been a few years since I've been up with you, yeah. so um, this should be a fun week next week once we get up there and settle. Yeah, it, it, it's really the week, I think most fans know this, where you really set the tone for the off season. You get a lot more talking points and you get a much better feel for the team is than right now. And it's it's a chance for GM, coach, other people to sort of come out of the bunker, if you will. They've they've now had the conversations. We all want to know desperately what's going on. Well, probably until a couple weeks ago, they didn't really didn't uh, didn't know their process. That's true. So now they're much more ready and much more ready. So it's a perfect time to have this kind of opportunity. Thanks for the time, Johnny. Good to see you. I look forward to seeing you on Monday, JP. Catch his writing, Jaguars.com. They've had uh, he and Bucky have had Bucky Brooks might have heard of him. I uh, have uh, had reviews of position groups that have started on Jaguars.com. Quarterback was the other day. That was a pretty good year for that position group. I think running backs went up today. What's next, John? Uh, it'll be wide receiver, tight end. And I'm telling you, as you go through what you learn, JP, wow, were they healthy and consistent at so many positions. And where they got injured, they had the depth to cover for it. So see if that can hold true next year. That's John Ozer, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Up next, Ryan Leaf joining us. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I don't think we even really um, clicked fully until probably halfway through the season. So just to look at that and, and the amount of growth that we had in one year, just the jump that we'll be able to make from year one to two um, is really exciting. And obviously, it's going to take a lot of work. And it's the same thing that we did last year to prepare ourselves for this year. Um, we gotta we got to do that in the offseason and, and get together, and, and, and we will. And after we take a little bit of time and really rest to get our minds right and get ready to, to make a run. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, Jaguars quarterback after year two, a career season for him, and really the back half of the season was uh, what the focus was after a rough first half. J.P. Shadrick with you with Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday after our brief hiatus following the playoff run. Jeff Lagerman out this week. He'll join us in a couple weeks. We'll be at the Combine next week in Indy with shows from the Indiana Convention Center. We're on 1010 AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, the podcast available on the free iHeartRadio app. Search Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, our next guest, uh, by the way, our thanks to Fred Taylor, uh, 1998 ninth overall pick, and John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer. We've got the 98 draft covered today because Ryan Leaf is up next. He was the number two pick in that draft, and he's the hardest working man in show business these days. You're everywhere, Ryan. What? NFL Network, ESPN, Sirius XM, Westwood One, Points Bet. It's great to talk with you, man. How are you? Good to see you, brother. It's been a little while. Been a little bit. Uh, what was that, November? Yeah, somewhere in there. We were out in L.A. together, did the Southern Cal UCLA game at the Rose Bowl and spent a little time together, you and the family. Good to see you again. And, and here we are. I mean, I don't know how you find time for other things. I mean, you're working constantly, and then you go speak to groups about your, your path and everything that's come with it. So um, you, your, your plate is full right now, it feels like. It is. But I, I, I don't I wouldn't have it any other way simply because, you know, 
idle hands for me, you know, idle mind is not a, a good place to be um, for a long period of time. So I've kind of developed this, this mindset of being a shark, you know, always moving. And uh, it has, it seemed to have served me well over the last, you know, eight years or so having a five-year-old helps that because now I'm chasing <laughs> his, his little tail around everywhere. Um, and, 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 you know, he's, he, he's the most important piece of the puzzle right now. Ryan Leaf with us. We just heard from Trevor Lawrence there. And, you know, what a season it was both ways. It was, you know, he had just so many ups and downs this year. First half, throwing interceptions, what, four fumbles in a game in Philadelphia. Things aren't going well. First and goal interception in London against Denver. That was really the turning point, he said. And then he started to protect the football, and things went well the rest of the way. Then, of course, he has the four turnover game in the playoffs and turns it around and they rally back and win. So he really covered the gamut this uh, of this season. Uh, but, you know, moving ahead, building off that, how do you build off a season like Trevor Lawrence just had? Oh, well, I think there's a ton to build off of, right? I think there was an incredible success. There's a winning the division, there's getting to the playoffs. And there's also the mindset that one can struggle, right? And find a way to overcome the fact that I, I just – you know, I only threw four interceptions a couple times in my career, but I, there's no way if I threw four in, in the first half, there's, I would have had the fortitude to come back and do what he did in the playoff game against the Chargers. I mean, that's the individual that he is. is he can throw it away, uh, you know, put it behind him and move on, and the guys trust him. And Doug Peterson's going to continue. We watch the jump from year one to year two. That's where always buddy, everybody looks at. And I know this is year three for him, but he really didn't have a year one. And everybody should understand that fully. Urban Meyer was an absolute uh just just you know dumpster fire for a young rookie quarterback like that and so what Doug Peterson's been able to bring to the table this year and how he's performed I think is so special I expect a big leap a big jump especially taking care of the football a year from now and just hearing him talk like he he gets his role in the organization and what he says matters and and how he goes about that. And I, I think that he has the respect of that locker room too. You have to earn that kind of thing. And I think he has so far, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's, but I mean, the performance in the second half alone in a playoff game when yeah. everybody in, in their dog would have just packed it in and said, Oh, start licking their wounds. Let's get ready for next year, you know, to, to stay the course. And so everybody in that locker room got to witness what I think everybody had seen all year long, the, the work ethic, um, you know, the championship quality level of them. And, you know, he's, he set himself up and with the coaching change, uh, they've set themselves up. The young talent all around the roster, they continue to make great moves on the roster in terms of what they do, putting together that kind of uh, talent, young talent, in fact, hitting it right in the draft. The Jags are going to gonna be a team, right? They're going to be a team that 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 vies for, for a championship. And that's difficult in such a packed AFC. I mean, on the list, they're probably, you know, they're behind Kansas City, they're behind Cincinnati, they're behind Buffalo. You could argue they're behind uh, Los Angeles, right, with the quarterbacks in terms of play. But Trevor's going to take them to a new level, right? And those, I mean, the AFC over the next decade is going to be just so fun to watch because it's going to be so darn competitive. Quarterbacks, pass rushers, everybody's got them in the AFC, it feels like. Ryan Leaf is with us. And, well, I mean, the quickest path to the playoffs is to win the division, obviously. So, in the AFC South right now, Ryan, I mean, the Jaguars are in the catbird seat, it feels like. The Titans are trimming guys to, to get down to the salary cap. They did they cut four guys the other day. 
And the running back isn't getting any younger, by the way. Houston has a long way to go. New coach. Uh, Andy doesn't have a quarterback. We'll see what they do. But, I mean, the Jaguars should be in command of this division for a little bit. You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say so. I'd yeah. be interested to see what Indy does, um, whether they try to make a move to draft a quarterback or if they try to make some big swing at one of these uh, franchise quarterbacks that uh, that may go on the market, um, Lamar Jackson being one of them. What should so, they do? What should they do, in your opinion, then, Ryan, in Indy? I would trade away. I would trade away whatever they needed to to get Lamar Jackson if he's not uh, given the exclusive tag. And, um, and then, um, you know, build around that. I think you add that. I think the defense is good. I think what they have been looking for is a veteran quarterback. They just have been, they needed a young veteran quarterback. Uh, Carson Wentz wasn't the answer. Clearly that's something I would do. I'd look around. I understand that Bryce young, it's just so hard, um, to know whether or not a, a first round quarterback is going to make it or not the right place. It doesn't matter. You could be the greatest player in the world. You don't go to the right place circumstances all the things that there just isn't a Trevor Lawrence in this year's draft or a Joe Burrow so you know why are you willing to take what you know and Lamar Jackson's is an MVP in this league or you want to go with a rookie that could become an MVP I don't think there if there was a Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence then it's a then it's a no-brainer I'm I'm calling Chicago if I'm the Colts and saying hey uh, I need to move to number one uh, and so let's get it done Ryan Leaf joining us. Let's stay on the quarterback conversation. Aaron Rodgers came out of his darkness retreat today. Have you ever been on one of those, Ryan? Uh, yeah, solitary confinement. Yeah, that I guess that would qualify. Yeah, I'm sure it would. Um, so where do you think Aaron's going to what, – what do you think he figured out about himself in his uh, darkness four days or whatever it was? I mean, you know – you know, egomaniacs with a bit of a self-esteem problem, which I think all NFL quarterbacks are, um, it, it's pretty tough being in your own head. So, I, you know, I don't know what that did for him. I would go crazy, and, and I rightfully did in instances like that. The meditation part, being able to be still, that, there might be something to that. He's always kind of been a guy outside the box. It's helped him. It's made him who he is. Um, he said when he comes out, he's going to have an answer to, to what his future holds. So, I mean, I suspect we'll hear something here sooner or later. Um, I, I hope he does it sooner rather than later. I just, <laughs> right. these off seasons, with, these off seasons with, with the, you know, just dragging things out is so, so self-absorbed. I feel like. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, what would be his best landing spot if he decides to play and doesn't want to be a Packer? And, you know, he's 39 years old now. So, I mean, not that you can't play at 45. We just saw another guy do it. Uh, but, hey, he's no spring chicken anymore either. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't because the precedent is set by Tom Brady, <laughs> loop it, uh, lump it into like, oh, this is, this is possible now. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not normal, right? It's not normal to be able to do what he's, what Tom Brady was able to do. So I thought I saw a bit of a decline this year. I know he was banged up. Um, I thought he had some weapons. I, I feel like the best chance for him to win a championship is to go back to green Bay. I just don't think green Bay wants that. I think they're in the same place they were when, when Brett Favre was time was to move on. And now they're going to most likely, you know, ship him off somewhere. I, I suspect that Nathaniel Hackett higher in uh, New York, once again, had some, you know, precedent in terms of, trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, let's put it this way. Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl in his 18-year career. 
Uh, the Jets haven't been to a Super Bowl in over 50 years. So, I mean, there would be a, there would need to be a lot of shift and change. And also, you're going to the AFC. Like, if he stays in the NFC, he has a much better chance to get to the Super Bowl, I feel, than he does if he goes to play somewhere in the AFC. Yeah, like we just talked about, all those quarterbacks, everybody's lined up. they got pass rushers, and everything's kind of against you. Ryan Leaf with us. Uh, last thoughts here. Combine next week in Indianapolis. We'll be up there for Jaguars.com and Jaguars Radio from uh, Monday. We'll be on the air Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the convention center. Uh, what's your, your biggest memory of your combine experience back in 1998, Ryan? Um, that we that Peyton and I ran it. I mean, we, we did whatever we wanted. We were going to be the first or second pick in the draft. It was done. So we didn't work out. We didn't do anything. We, you know, we went to the medical things. I even skipped a medical thing for the, the Colts uh, or an interview with the Colts coach because I had a, a medical thing. The medical thing was the only thing that was important. People needed to see we were we were okay. As long as we got a good bill of health, we were going to be the first or second pick. So it's much different now. Even if you're at the top, you go and you work out and you, you know, you you compete. And Peyton and I pretty much during that spam, I remember talking to one another going, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll have my workout in April uh, for the scouts, but you know, and there wasn't big interviews. Like I, the only two teams I, I even talked to was San Diego and Indianapolis. And then I didn't end up making the Indianapolis meeting because of a medical thing. So it's not like it is now where you go and visit with almost every team and, there's conversations and there's questions and stuff like that. It may have gone a long way to seeing maybe if I was uh, the head case that I that I ultimately became my first couple of years. That might have gone a long way for you know some of the some of the scouts during that process. But yeah, the most I remember is you know showing up uh, after kind of being on the banquet circuit after the Rose Bowl, picking up awards and hanging with boys after turning pro and drinking a bunch and showing up at just completely, you know, biggest job interview of my life. And I show up at 268 pounds. Uh, you know, I carried it. Okay. But no, it was, it was not good weight. And so that should have been probably your, your first red flag that this dude isn't, uh, this dude isn't properly ready for, for what's ahead of him. So, uh, you know, that's what I remember from the combine, just kind of a meat market, but pretty much telling everybody to go, you know, kick rocks because I'm going to be the first or second pick anyway. Is it overblown? Do we, do we over, I mean, it's the NFL. It happens, right? Everything's got to be a big extravaganza now in the off season. That's just the way things are built or have been building in the, in the league. And this is one of those. I mean, there's like a 1200 credentialed media at this thing, right? I think it's important for a couple reasons. I think for the medical aspect of things, yep. um, in particular uh, with COVID, uh, over the last four years and understanding uh, some of the heart implications and some things they may have not been tested for and stuff like that. So I think that's important, the medical side of things. I think the questioning, uh, I, I think the stringent nature of the itinerary and the schedule to see how you conduct yourself in a, you know, in a structured environment, I think that's huge. The on-the-field stuff, um, I, I like the testing aspect of things. I like the the athletic um, um, testing type of stuff. I don't the throwing, the running, receivers running. That's not, not so so. That's just you know we we could all do that. I could go out in my underwear right now and throw the ball sixty five yards down the field, right? That, that, it's just how just how it works, you know. Um, so all the other stuff that comes with it, I think, is important. The fact that the NFL has turned it into a money maker is just another example of of the NFL, right? Kind of money-making propaganda machine is what they are, you know, and uh, they continue to do it. And, and to no surprise, you know, to no surprise to me. 
We'll be there next week. Uh, Ryan, uh, good to see you. Thanks for the time. Tell Anna MacGyver hi, and we'll talk to you again down the line, man. You bet, JP. Good to see you. Thanks, brother. Ryan Leaf joining us. Uh, and, yeah, what a conversation there with a guy from the 1998 NFL draft. He's uh, really built things back well. He's all over media, NFL Network, ESPN College Football, Sirius XM NFL Radio, Westwood One Games. I mean, the guy is all over the place and uh, really has a unique insight as to the process. He went through it. It didn't go so well, and he's built things back, obviously. And uh, good to hear from Ryan today. Uh, Plenty to come. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. Monster Jam coming to the bank. It's coming soon. It's a high-octane, family-friendly fun. This Saturday, February 25th, 7 p.m. start time, the pit party at 2.30 in Lot J. Grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Or experience the energy and style by reserving a suite. Call 904-633-2000 for more information. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. There's some veteran players that have never been to the postseason. You know, there's even some some second and third year guys that have never been to the postseason. So how they handle these next couple of months is is critical to their performance, their success. and then when we start the off-season program, you know, mid-April again, you know, just where they are, you know, mentally with, with, um, you know, starting another season. But it's it's truly a reset, you know, at this point. Doug Peterson, the uh, two days after the end of the playoff run, welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. JP Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman this week or next. He'll be with us in a couple weeks. We've had a few weeks away for a hiatus, and we are back, baby. Welcome to uh, Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll be at the Combine next week in Indianapolis. John Ozier and I will be there with our entire crew from Jaguars.com. We'll chase around the general manager and head coach, uh, Balky and Peterson, for a few days. And uh, plenty of guests on the docket to join us uh, in either podcast form or on shows or whatever the case may be, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hey, the 2023 concert season is here. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more. And you can watch Kenny Chesney, Old Dominion, Yellow Card, and much more. For more information, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Well, that's on the other end of TIAA Bank Field on the northwest side, I suppose that is. It's the Miller Electric Center. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, a live look outside. It's a beautiful sun splash day on the first coast. Temperature in the 80s, I think. Um, Partly cloudy sky, and there you have it. It is on track to open this summer, and the football team will move in there ahead of training camp and be ready to roll uh, the fields are being leveled out, it looks like. The um, the building itself has glass on the outside now, so all the inside stuff starting to happen. I haven't had a chance to walk through it yet, but I'm looking forward to whenever that, uh, that first tour or whatever happens. They're starting to pour concrete outside the walkways leading into the stadium part. And uh, training camp, uh, as far as we know, this season will be held right there outside TIAA Bank Field for the first time in a little while. And, uh, you know, that's part of... A, a lot going on around the stadium these days. The Four Seasons site, the shipyards, has dirt moving there. Uh, no word yet on maybe there might be an official groundbreaking at some point, but there's nothing on the calendar as of yet. But they are moving some things around, at least starting the process there. There's a fence up, and there's dirt 
being moved. So that's a good step in the right direction. Of course, the uh, stadium of the future talk is beginning, but uh, nothing official on that front either. So there's a lot to come in the years uh, for the Jaguars around the stadium. Let's take a quick look around the NFL. We mentioned it briefly with Ryan Leaf, but in the AFC South this week, the Tennessee Titans whacked four veterans to get below the salary cap. Left tackle Taylor Lewan, wide receiver Robert Woods, kicker Randy Bullock, and linebacker Zach Cunningham. They cleared nearly $38 million in cap space and $42 million in cash off their books for next season. Woods was there one year after he was traded from the Rams. Lawan was a 14 first-round pick, but he had knee injuries the last two years and played only seven games over that span. Eric Bieniemy named the assistant head coach and OC of the Washington Commanders. The press conference was today. He was the Chiefs OC from 18 to 22, and the running backs coach there in from 2013 to 17. He's had a number of head coaching interviews that have not gone his way. And uh, he makes the move over to Washington to maybe a change could change his fortunes in the future. He said he's focused only on this job at this moment. We mentioned it also with Brian. Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his cave in Oregon, ending his darkness retreat, a 300-square-foot room and a partially underground structure with a queen bed, bathroom, and meditation mat. He's not really roughing it. It's fully powered. The lights can be turned on from inside the room. So... It's really a hotel underground. Well, he said he had scheduled the four days and nights in that isolation and looking for a better sense of where he is in his life. He's 39 years old. He's under contract for $59.4 million with the Packers this season coming up. Vance Joseph, former Broncos head coach, has been named the Broncos defensive coordinator going back to Denver to work under Sean Payton. That'll do it for our program today. Thanks to all our guests and uh, Fred Taylor, pride of the Jaguars running back, joining us at the top of the show. John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior writer, former second overall pick in 1998 and a media mogul these days. Ryan Leaf joining us as well. Our thanks to Brent Reber, David Cho, Joe Fortunato. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We will catch you next time in Indy next week on Jaguars Happy Hour.